Hey, what's going on? It's Stokely from Sauce on the Lane. Oh, my car is falling up with smoke. I need a, I need a coupling for my... Um, I think I need a coupling for my exhaust pipe. Oh, it's not... It's not how it's supposed to be. Maybe I'll bring the ramp to work tomorrow and try to... and try to um, fix it up. Somebody was selling a coupling... Somebody was selling a, a, a coupling cup to, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the exhaust pipe on eBay and they offered me a discount price on it for $16 but then the shipping is $40. That's, that's, I don't think, I don't think I, uh, no. I think that's a little bit too much. It's a little bit much, right? So, Anyhow, how y'all doing? I, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about processed foods. And if I can remember, I'll talk about um, what is called um, natural fabrics. Because recently, I just saw... Let's just get into it because I'm not really structured anyway. So... I recently saw an ad by the cotton industry because it seems like the cotton growers have a collective and have a marketing agency that represents them and a brand agency that, you know, they have their branding or whatever. So that's why when you buy something that's made out of cotton, it has a cotton logo inside of it. Sorry, I'm assuming that's the company that represents the cotton industry. So, or the, yeah. The group that represents the cotton industry. So, what they said was, when you look at clothes and it says something on it like fleece, it's not from sheep. It's plastic. So, we need to get away from microplastics or, you know, now I'm paraphrasing. They said we need to get... Whenever you see those things, you're, you're, you're just basically wearing plastic. And then I watched a um, I watched uh, a guy heckling some protesters who were protesting petrochemicals. And in the process of um, no, that's not what I want to do. So in the process of protesting the petrochemicals. What he said to them was like, hey, well, you know, I'm not agreeing with this guy necessarily. But what he was saying is, listen, you guys are protesting petrochemicals, but you're all wearing plastic. You know, the lining of most of our jackets, and if you have a puffer jacket, if you have a puffer jacket on right now, you're wearing plastic. Nylon. Um, rayon, uh, poly, polyester, um, well, polyester is like uh, a long chain, it's a long chain, uh, I don't know exactly. Anyhow, it's basically like a plastic, right? So we're wearing plastics all the time, and if you wear fleece, that's one of the big, that's one of the big polluters of the environment, fleece. These things are not fleece, it's not from sheep. It's not wool. Oh yeah, the advertiser was wool. Was the wool 
foundation or wool corporation or wool whatever. So when you're wearing fleece, it's not wool, it's plastic. And these microplastics, every time you wash your clothes in a washing machine, because most of us use a washing machine, most of us don't hand wash our clothes, even though hand washing wouldn't even help anyway. All these things are going into the environment. Now what this brought to mind, what brought this to mind to me, for me, was the other day, um, me and my son, we were cleaning up the backyard. Um, he had a trampoline, and the trampoline was on top of my shed. So the trampoline has been on top of that shed for, I don't know, two years or so. So those two years on the top of the shed, the sun has the UV rays basically of the sun, the heat from the sun, destroyed the trampoline. It destroyed the elastic. It also destroyed and weakened the bonds in between all the plastics, the polyesters, the nylons, or whatever, the, 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 the rayons, lycra, whatever it might be, it's plastic. It destroyed it. So, what happens now, I picked up the trampoline to put it in the garbage, or put it near the garbage where I'm going to throw it away. And I saw a residue of color. Now, one of the good features of plastics is you can add the color in to the mixture so that you don't have to paint the external. You can make the whole thing of whatever color pigment it is. So, what was left is a whole bunch of powdered plastic, powdered blue plastic. I hope that was rubber, but this powdered blue plastic residue was left there. And I'm like, wait a minute. Me and my son probably been inhaling this, so I told him, you know what, go over there, go over by the, um, go over by the, um, go over all the way by the, um, by the tree, by the, by the, by the lawnmower. So he went over there. I got a garbage bag. I scooped it into the garbage bag as best as I could. And I'm realizing, listen, we're breathing in all these things. We don't even know what we're breathing in. I mean, people are living in on top of plume and drinking plume water and drinking water with fracking oils in it and drinking water with pollutants, PCBs and PFOAs and PFAS and all these things. You know, we don't even know. We don't even know. But plastic is so ubiquitous. Like, I mean, thankfully, we're recycling bottles. That's good. That prevents them from going out into the estuaries, out into the ocean, whatever. Um, thankfully, we will be recycling those. But our cars are like heavy amounts of plastic in the car. Heavy amount of plastics um, in disposable utensils, which New York, I believe, has banned. Or maybe, and maybe it got repealed during the pandemic. Um, but like, you know, we're using plastic so much. Then I was watching Business Insider. I was talking about tire pollution. Like, there's people that just dump the tires all over the place. Just throw them in the ocean, throw them in the rivers, whatever. And these tires have chemicals in them that leach into the water. But at the same time, we're driving cars with tires and the tires are wearing down. So there's these microscopic rubber elements flying all over the place, getting worn into the road, blowing away in the wind. You know, like, 
it's 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 like everywhere. Huh. So, um, I'm not gonna get to talking about. I'm not gonna get to talk about processed foods, but basically, um, what is this? The Wall Street Journal re- released a post on Instagram saying um, something close to 63% of the food we eat are ultra high processed foods. Ultra processed foods, I should say. Ultra processed foods, not just processed foods, ultra processed. I don't know what the difference between processed food and ultra processed is, but it's not good. It's probably not good. You know what I mean? Um, So that's really, you know, we know that processed foods aren't good, especially when they put certain preservatives in them that can cause us to have all kind of health effects from disrupting our hormones to, I don't know, all kind of stuff. Now, you know, and that's exacerbated by a lot of lifestyle changes we've had, um, like lack of exercise, lack of sunlight, lack of proper sleep. Well, I don't think people even got proper sleep any. I don't think people ever had proper sleep. I don't think people ever had proper sleep. You know, and, and you know, if God, if God wills it, I think a lot of us are gonna live very long in this generation. Hmm. I mean, um, what he said, God willing, and the creek don't rise, right? If there's no major catastrophe or war or major, you know, hopefully, you know, nothing major happens, whatever. I mean, hopefully, nothing bad happens to anybody. Um, and I have another thing about that, but yeah, so that's it. We're we eating too much processed foods. Um, pizza is one of them. Um, you know, these frozen pizzas and all of that. So go check out watch Wall Street Journal's article about ultra processed foods. Let's see what the title is. It's called Should Your Granola Bar Come with a Warning Label? So, it also goes on to say some of these things that you think are healthy foods are still ultra processed. Huh. I mean, there's a there's a there's a there's two sides to the story. We don't want people to go hungry. That was the primary objective. I think of a lot of ultra processed foods that we are encountering now some of these things came out of war and the fact that we had to transport food and keep the troops fed all these things that's my presumption so many of these developed out of the environment so they weren't necessarily developed well transportation storage shelf life Transportability, storage life, yeah, portability, durability, and storage life. That's how we came up with canned foods. We had to do those things. And we want to stave off hunger. When we send food to hungry places, yeah, we send grains and stuff, but everything else is probably in a can. So, you know, when they have the canned food drive, canned food. You know what I mean? So... Um, it's transportable 
it's not temperature really sensitive like that it has a long shelf life doesn't go bad you can eat it still have some nutrition and it's cost effective so the health benefits weren't necessarily that weren't the primary objective the primary objective was stave off hunger transportability I mean portability shelf life that's my opinion so if we have an abundance of food now where we have about 60 over 60 percent of the population is overweight or obese now maybe we can start thinking about making the food healthy but for the first for the first 50 years of this of the 1900s I mean we're in the 2000s now but for the first part of the 1900s in the industrial era we're building these cities full of these big 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 cities there's people starving there's people still starving people still starving to this day but we're more trying to feed the people feed the troops and prevent the food from going bad because as soon as food goes bad we just lost that money we just lost all the development and the energy and the investment that was made into making that food into growing that food into raising the food, slaughtering the food, whatever, transporting the food, to have it just go bad? No, that's why we preserve things. That's why we have things like corned beef and saltfish and, and other codfish, you know, salted codfish and beef jerky. And, you know, even the Native Americans came up with beef jerky, I think. <sighs> or smoked, they smoked, or we used to smoke, or people smoke hams or whatever the case may be. You smoke food or corn food or you preserve food or you make preserve so that you can have it later. You can preserve things with salt, you can preserve it with smoke, and you can preserve it with sugar. Those are some of the basic things we used to early preserve it with. So we weren't really focused on how healthy it was, but the portability, um, some, some, some nutritional value, and, um, and, 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 and the shelf life. You know, the Native American dried out that beef jerky. He can bring it anywhere, all around the year, all year round, and it's dried. You wrap it up. It, as long as it doesn't get wet, it's not gonna go bad. So those are great developments, but now we reach the point we got we got enough food. Now the food is we're realizing whether well those preserved foods unhealthy. They kept us alive for some time, but they're unhealthy. So. Now we got to look at it from another perspective. So ultra-processed foods, and I think we need to look at getting away from all this plastic, get back to cotton, at least, and 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 and, and linen, and stuff like. What is linen made out of? I don't know. Cotton, and if you're not vegan, then some wool. You know, um, but cotton is probably very much available. Anyhow, thanks for listening.